Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with John Harvey over Zoom video. John was born in Philly, lived there until about, I think, 12, 13 years old. He moved to Louisville, Kentucky, now currently in the Nashville area, but he got into music at an early age, started playing guitar while he was living in Philadelphia, ended up moving to Louisville, and when he got there, started some bands, was playing in his church group and different youth groups. He ended up moving to Middle Tennessee, which is like, east of Nashville a bit, uh, going to college there and taking a songwriting or music business classes and in college. While attending the school, he had a song go wild on TikTok and that kind of changed everything for him. He has an amazing story about the song Bleach on the Rocks that has to do with him getting pulled over by a cop and the reaction of the cop and how that translated into the wild success of the song. He also talks to us about the new music he's working on, co-writing for the first time, and seeing his name on these massive festival lineups. You can watch the interview with John on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on either Spotify or Apple Music, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well. And if you have a chance, hook us up with a five-star review. That'd be amazing. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with John Harvey. Yeah, and this is about you and your journey in music. And uh, of course, we'll talk about the, the new songs. Heck yeah, brother. Can't wait. Cool. Um, I, are you in Nashville? I am. I'm not. Well, okay. So technically I'm right outside of Nashville in this town called Antioch. Um, oh, okay. Dude, it's so sick. Cause it's like, it's cheap. It's a little quiet out here, dude. Great Mexican spots around here. So super like authentic joints. So it's really, kinda, Oh dude, it's awesome. Okay. And, so uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, I live out on the outskirts of Nashville as well. I live a little further South than you. Okay, sick, dude. Where are you at? I'm like uh, down by Franklin. Oh, sick, dude. Franklin's awesome. Love Franklin. Yeah, I'm a little bit south of Franklin. If you, I'm not going to announce the town, but <laughs> you could figure it out. <laughs> but Andy, I, I'm, I'm now I'm announcing your town. Uh, there's some Mexican spots there, huh? Dude, yeah. There's this place called El Tapatio. That is. Okay. Chef's kiss, bro. So good. Okay. That's awesome because I am, I've only lived here for less, almost a year at the end of the month. Um, but I'm from San Diego and we had some, we had some pretty amazing Mexican food in San Diego because we're right next to the border. And then I came here and I couldn't really find it. But then there is a place in my town uh, that's owned by a dude from San Diego. Tight. It's, it's pretty decent. It, I mean, it's good, but it's, I'm, I'm down to check out where you're talking about. Dude, come on, bro. You want, you want to take, <laughs> Food trip. I got you, my friend. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Ra- where are you originally from? The uh, area? Yeah. So I was, uh, I, I kind of split up my childhood. So I was born in Philly, uh, lived there for 13 years. Uh, my dad's a pastor. And so okay. we ended up moving to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, if you like hipster shit, also, sorry, am I allowed to like curse? Yeah, yeah you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, dude, if you like hipster shit, like, Chacos, button-up Patagonias, and like Jack Harlow, like it's the place for you, man. So Louisville's tight. 
Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's bro. Hip, I, it's hip. I, I've never been to Louisville. I know Kentucky ain't far from here. Super. Uh, I think the word I want to use to describe is like granola. Like it's just, it is pretty. Like a lot of people love like, like rocking. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, they Trader love Joe's. Yeah, bro. Like the the slogan is like keep Louisville weird. So like they they love it there. So oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, bro. So you lived in Philly and then you went down to Louisville and now, well, obviously now you're in, in the Nashville area, but uh, how, tell me about the first 13 years in Philly. Uh, that must've been quite different than obviously Kentucky or Dude, Tennessee. Big culture shock, honestly. So like Philly's like super, just like blue collar and everybody there is just like a hard ass. And they kind of like tell you how it is. And like, I love that culture. And I'm like a huge, every like Philly sports team, huge fan of. So like, okay. yo, Sixers just got hardened, baby. Let's go. And yeah, so, that's pretty crazy. Dude, for reals. On that. So, uh, yeah, huge like sports guy and like the sports culture there is insane. Um, I just had some friends that played a show at the Fillmore in Philly last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Charlotte Sands and she's on the Young Blood tour. And, oh, that's uh, rad. Yeah, bro. And they just played Philly last night. So I hit her with all the cheesesteak joint things that she needed to hit up. And like, there you go. Them- so great food, great culture, and it's like super history filled. So like I grew up always going to like the Franklin Institute and like Independence Hall and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of learn about the country. So I was kind of sick doing that. And uh, yeah, I like went to uh, I went to public school uh, all the way up until sixth grade. And I went to the super small, like private Christian school, mm-hmm. uh, which was super dope. And then I moved to Louisville and bro, I mean, just night and day, homie. Like <laughs> I can imagine, bro. Every, Cause like you got that like Southern culture in Louisville and everybody's like really nice to your face. And like, you know, it's like super kind of like Bible belty down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really cool. And like, everybody's like super nice. And then, you know, when I went and moved to Louisville, I went to a private Christian school and it was just like a weird shock for me. It's just like, you know, it's just like, I was kind of used to being kind of like mixed with different like cultures and lifestyles and stuff like that. And, you know, then it's like, then I go to like a predominantly like white kind of Christian school and like a lot of people have money there. So I was just like, Whoa, this is like way different from like what I'm used to. But like, it was cool getting like both perspectives and like mm-hmm. seeing two sides of different things, but I love both of them. They're, they're, they're great. So did, did you grow up in like in the city in uh, Philly? It was like right outside. So I grew up in Montgomery County, which is like North Philly. Um, Like uh, this, like the town I lived in was called Willow Grove. Um, And so, yeah, dude, I loved it there, man. It's, it was always a good time. Cool. How did you get into music? So funny enough, dude, neither of my parents are musical whatsoever. Really? Just because your dad, you said your dad's a pastor. I didn't know if that was included and like, you know, and then I was in the band at school or a church or whatever. I'm sure you probably were. Actually. Would, I'm sorry. I'm telling your story. <laughs> no, bro. Like, honestly, that's kind of how it happened. Like, um, like neither of my family's musical. I think it skipped a generation because my dad's or my mom's dad um, was like in the band and he did like guitar and vocals, but like, I don't know what it was, but music always just like clicked with me. Like my mom would always be playing like Mozart and like when I was a baby. So like mm-hmm. I, the creative juice is flowing, you know, there you go. Uh, my dad was like a huge rock and metal head. Like he grew up listening to like Def Leppard and Metallica as a kid. And then he uh, 
when we were in the car, like on the way to school every day, I was listening to like Muse and Linkin Park and the Foo Fighters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Fall Out Boy. And so I was just like, had a huge rock bone in my body. And then I'll never forget like the first, one of the first big Christmas gifts he got me was like this stereo. Um, and then it had this, I don't know if you know this band, but they're called DC Talk. They're like a Christian rock. Oh yeah, they actually yeah. live in town. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Max old grounds. And uh, that's how I listened to that record. I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And then, you know, I got my first guitar um when i was like shoot like seven or eight or something like that and used to like pretend like i knew how to play the chords and stuff like that so i've been like singing my whole life and you know i started getting guitar lessons when i was 10 and so i've been like writing songs in my room since i was like 10 years old and playing in you know youth group bands and then helping lead worship and then you know eventually when i moved to Kentucky I was leading um like chapel at my school every single week and then doing band stuff with the church that we were with and then uh when I was like 17 I started experimenting with like actually like doing like garage band stuff and like playing out gigs and like shitty you know pizza venues and stuff like that in front of two people so okay uh, yeah bro it's been a fun journey that's rad so you were but you're writing songs at a young age too when did you start showing people those because I would think that when you're you know, leading, uh, you know, worship and all that stuff. It's probably you're doing what they're kind of requiring of, or like, yeah. I don't really know how that works. I mean, yeah, basically it'd be like, because I was never like the worship leader. So they would like pick songs and be like, yo, these are the songs you're doing this week, practice them, like whatever. And so I did. And like, you I had to play what they're kind of asking. And dude, it like, it was great to learn. And, you know, mm-hmm. I learned musicians and it like just taught me how to learn like basic chords. Like Christian music is great for, beginners to like just get into um music and like start out simply but um funny enough dude i actually watched this the other day there's a youtube video of me when i was i think 12 and i posted like one of the first songs i had written or something like that on youtube it was called like light in the dark or something like that and i was like in my bedroom in philadelphia and i like put it online because i was like like and subscribe hopefully you like my song it was like it was cool man so i started like rad I was like, you know, 11 or 12 and uh, yeah, I've just like, I've always been right. You know, I love it. So. Mm-hmm. And when you got to Louisville, that's when were, were you playing in bands outside? I mean, you, you were talking about playing bands within the church, but were you, yeah. then you ended up what getting garage band at 17 and how did that change? Were you just writing more songs? Did you have a band together that would, you'd go play the, the pizza yeah. joints of six people too? So it was like, it was funny. So I was a big, like, I'm, I'm a backtrack here a little bit, but like, yeah, please I, do. I never like, I've always wanted to do music in, I'd always wanted to be in a band, but like Louisville for me specifically at the time that I was there it was kind of hard to get into like a rock band or whatever. Cause like at the time, like what was really big was like hip hop music. So you have like the Bryson Tiller, Jack Harlow type stuff, or you were in like a hardcore band, like knocked loose They're They're from like Oldham County, Kentucky. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So like huge, like metal head too. Like, but I was like, I couldn't find like a mix and I was playing football and like, that's what I thought I was going to do in college. And then I ended up, you know, classic story tore tore both the shoulders. Ah, and, I thought you're going to go ACL. No, bro. <laughs> legs here man but, uh, <laughs> was in like middle of doing those uh 
you know, just like rehabbing and stuff like that. I was like, well, shoot, I'm just going to like start a band with uh, some boys that I'm able to meet. Um, and so I just ended up like going to shows and, and meeting people. And um, I ended up having two bands while I was in Louisville. And one of them translated over to when I moved to Nashville for a little bit um, before I like decided to do like the fraternity band thing with, with some of my boys. But um, yeah, bro, it, it was fun. Just like cutting my teeth there and, learning how to perform in front of like essentially nobody and mm-hmm. just you know, getting you like, you have to like be shitty at the beginning, you know? And so that, that was like my time to, you know, play like bad music and like get better. So I, lo- I loved it. It was so much fun. Amazing. And when did you get to Nashville and how, what took you here? So I came to Nashville in 2018. I was going to middle Tennessee state university. Okay. And, studying music business um and because i just love the music industry and i was like i didn't know whether i could as a music i knew like sorry i'm gonna call it declining quick <laughs> oh good man <laughs> and uh so i was studying music business and like i always had wanted to do music but for some reason i was hesitant i was like i don't know dude like can't can i do this so i just wanted to like learn the business side because it would like help the artistry or whatever mm-hmm. So uh, that was great. And they really prepped me for a lot of amazing things and like taught me a lot about the business and how it works. And then um, COVID hit. And then um, I, my junior year, I ended up switching over from music business to commercial songwriting. And so I was trying to learn how to write songs like better. Ended up. Sorry, real quick on commercial songwriting, just writing what pop, songs that are more commercial or was it like writing music like jingles for commercials like writing songs in general like no matter okay. what you wanted to do um they could like help you you know write a hip-hop song write a pop song write a rock song um just like everything kind of in the vein of songwriting and so funny enough i'm so bad at school dude and so i didn't even get this thing called candidacy which is like the golden ticket into like the actual like core classes. So like you got your like basic gen eds and like the classes mm-hmm. to, you, you got to maintain a certain GPA to start taking like the core classes to graduate. So I didn't even get that. And then like COVID hit and it gave me like a lot of time to think about like what I wanted to do. And I felt like MT like really prepped me in such a good way that it was like, okay, I've learned my basic knowledge. I feel like I'm not going to be able to learn a lot of this stuff in a classroom. I just got to go get real world experience and like actually try it out with what, you know, I've been prepared with. And so that was a scary decision, but I ended up dropping out in like uh, October, 2020. It was on the, hold on. I was on the 28th. That's when it was. Cause that was the last day to drop classes where you didn't get an F. It was like, you technically didn't complete it. So I was like, ah, if I ever go back, you won't like, uh, <laughs> yeah, my GPA will be stellar. <laughs> I'd still maintain like a 2.4. Like, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought uh, just dropping out and working at UPS to try to pay the bills. And it was the scariest, but the best decision I've ever made in my life. So, okay. So, October 2020, you were obviously doing like online classes too at that point, which probably yeah. was a nightmare in itself. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, are you, do you just start focusing on your artist? I said you got a job, but other than that, are you just, constantly working on this project now yeah so it was like funny because when i dropped out originally i was with 
uh, another band of mine called Vinewood, which I had met all the members through my fraternity. Um, I was part of this fraternity called ATO. And they were all just like my best friends. They're really talented musicians. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing that. And so when I dropped out, uh, my manager, he was like, yo, like you should really start experimenting with TikToks and stuff like that. And I was totally that asshole that was like, TikToks for like dancers and like, blah, like right, it's not- right. and so ignorant. <laughs> and then it was like the reason that everything like popped and it was, uh, it was literally new year's day or new year's eve that my first video popped off and i woke up with like thirteen thousand followers or something like that and like a video just like got a million views and i was like i messed up a fallout boy song i was singing sugar we're going down and my throat tickled in the middle of the chorus and so i just coughed in the middle of the chorus and like i just did a hard cut and people thought it was hilarious but they like liked the singing and so it was at that point i was kind of like oh shoot man like i think i can do this like people really enjoy my voice and like i've wanted more and so uh i just like started writing for you know my own stuff because that's just what i wanted to do and you know i just had this clear vision of where i wanted to go musically Mm -hmm. and just super dope i loved it so it started on just as a tiktok thing that you're just singing a fallout boy song yeah it becomes a it viral right and then people yeah. start following you and then well how does that like because i was funny i just had another interview with somebody else and we were talking about this and the the weird like the weird thing that is tiktok where thirteen thousand people followed you but most people are spending their time on the for you page and not on the people that they follow page so exactly. everyone essentially still you could have two hundred thousand. i guess you would be more present on the for you page if you have a bigger following and more engagement but that being said if anyone else everyone has an equal playing field for the most part when it comes to the for you page so Mm -hmm. how do you continue like you have this one cover do well like how do you get people to then keep interested in you and like obviously you know bleach on the rocks six million plus you know listens on spotify like how did that like how did you go from you have like a like a, a a number of people watching you on a cover song to putting out your own music and having that do something. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, it, I got motivated. Number one, okay. I knew rhythm worked. And I was like, yo, even though these 13,000 at the time, whatever the number was like, aren't going to see every post I make. I was like that many people like, gave a fuck enough to give me a follow in case I do pop up on their page again. You right. know, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. So it was like really encouraging. And then I was like, okay, cool. How do I maintain this audience? And how do I like keep gravitating new fans? And like, how do I entertain them without, you know, coming off? It's just like, Hey, listen to my music. Like I wanted to come up with a really creative way to incentivize them to listen to my music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't have a lot. I, I didn't have any. So I, I had three decent demos to my name at the time that I like dropped out. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll like do some covers and try to get people in, get them to like my voice. And then I'll just hopefully win them over with the songs. Cause like, I feel like good songs speak volumes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just started co-writing. And then after I co-wrote, I just started teasing demos um, to see if any of them would stick. And uh, Bleach ended up being the fourth co-write I'd ever had because I'd never co-written in my life until January of last year. 
So and how are you getting the co-write? Sorry to, to no, kind of jump I, back a little bit. My lawyer is the sweetest person in the world. Her name's Rachel. She's incredible. And um, she saw a couple of the TikToks and she just like really believed in me when like nobody else did. And so she obviously has this huge network hub of songwriters in Nashville. And so she just stuck her neck out for me and was like, yo, like, I think this kid has got something like listen to these videos, listen to these, you know, bedroom demos that he did. Let me know if you want to like work with them. And, um, and she found you on TikTok. Well, yeah. So funny enough, okay. I was managing another artist at the time and they were kind of talking just about that guy. And he was like, Hey, by the way, I got this other guy that I'm managing. Like, I think you'd really like him. And uh, so she had saw the TikToks from my manager and she was like, Oh my goodness. Like, let's, let's talk. Like, let's just, you know, have a good time. And so she was like, yeah, let me get you some co-writes and like, let's try to get your feet wet. And like, okay. And so um, the co-writes just ended up going really well. And I just fell in love with the process, dude. Like I love writing songs so much and whether it's for me or whether it's for other artists, like I've always just been a huge fan of writing. And so they just ended up going really well. And because of the TikToks um, like blowing up, it started like giving me label attention. And so at the time, the game plan was like, yo, let's start writing songs and then we'll like try to shop these songs under the table to labels. Mm -hmm. And then like just because of the way the whole process works, I was like, well, like, let's build some leverage. Like, let's prove to them we can like get streams and like put out a great song and people will love it, you know. And so after the bleach vid took off, I was like freaking out, dude. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, guys, people really like the song. Like, let's drop it. And so we're all like what's a cool date? We're like April 23rd. Like, let's do it. <laughs> That's my son's birthday. It's a great yeah. day. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, we were just like, okay, cool. Let's come up with like a really intentional pre-release and post-release plan. And let's just work our ass off at it. And so we ended up having like five songs that I felt really strongly about. We were just going to drop them all as singles and came up with plans for all of them. And uh, so drop bleach and, you know, I got really lucky. I had a couple of videos pop off before that um, and just people pre-saved it like crazy and it blew my mind. And it was just like a very natural process. You know, when the song came out, like the first day it got like 30,000 streams and I was like, Whoa, that was like, literally over double what i thought i was gonna get mm -hmm. and then they got like you know there's sixty thousand or something like that and i was like oh my goodness and it just kept like naturally growing from people just genuinely just liking the song and uh just the social media plan that we had going mm -hmm. um i had no you know placements i had no label helping me push it from the beginning this is all just people like sending it around and you know playing the song for their friends and stuff like that so it just like blew my mind and um yeah it was just crazy That's process incredible and so yeah. was the are you talking when you said the video for 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 bleach was that the tiktok video that did well yeah. i had an initial one of me just like playing it in my bedroom and like lip syncing it or whatever mm -hmm. track and uh I mean, like, dude, honestly, it, like, didn't even blow up that much. Like, dude, it had, like, 100,000 views or something like that. Not even likes. So, I was just, like, got me excited. And I was like, okay, cool. Enough people would care that I feel like I could get way more people to like it, like, later on down the road. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
yeah, it was just, you know, the reaction was really good. And we just decided to commit and go for it because it like encapsulated at the time, like all the other stuff you're writing, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just perfect blend of everything we were doing in one song. And so it was like, dope, let's, let's try it. Okay. And then from there, you were just getting, you were getting pre-saves from like the videos that you're posting up on TikTok. Yeah. And then um, I ended up having one video, like really take off. And (laughs) at the time, dude, I was so broke. I was working at UPS and my car, my headlight and my taillight was out. Right. And so me and my manager are in our like spot that we always hang out at. And we're like, dude, how funny would it be if like I got pulled over by a cop because my taillight, my headlight being out and like showed them the song. And then we're like, ha, ah, uh, well, if it doesn't happen, like we'll go fake it anyways. Lo and behold, <laughs> I'm DDing my manager at the time. And so all of a sudden this cop's coming the other way and I'm like, oh shit. And then dude, I mean, he whipped it around and I like knew he was about to pull me over. I was like, no. And so flashes the lights on. Here's where it gets crazy, dude. We get pulled over and the cop is like, hey, can I see your license registration? Whatever. We give him all our stuff. He goes back. Sheriff pulls up. They're all talking. And he comes back, looks at my manager and he's like, hey, man, do you remember me? And he was like, holy shit. Uh, whatever his name was I almost said it sorry but anyways like said his name and lo and behold like they used to work on like Nashville predator hype videos while my manager was in high school together and so he ended up knowing the cop and <laughs> I'm like dude like I'm gonna ask him and he was like do it and so I was like okay bro like you don't have like the fast and furious chase to be on the next five minutes do you and he was like no he's like what's up I was like okay I'm a musician I got the song coming out like I'd love to get your genuine reaction to it I just want to play it once if you're allowed like if you're okay with us filming it like that'd be dope and he was like okay cool let me like talk to the sheriff whatever so they go and talk he gives him the green light and uh then we just like played the song for him and got his reaction and like it just like blew up and he ended up not giving me a ticket because i told him i was too broke to fix my headlight and my taillight so he let me off with the warning and it was really nice legend <laughs> yeah. i like edited the video and then like dude it got like a million and a half views like the next day or something like that i was like holy shit and uh yeah then that the presage just took off like crazy and that was like less than a week before the song came out so that was the one that like really pushed it that's Uh, so funny yeah and then like because the video did well i uh sorry get a drink of water but because the video did well i'd uh i'd like licensed it to um these like really popular um accounts on instagram and so they just like posted the tiktok video all over instagram with these accounts i had like however many followers and everybody just started loving the song and so that was the one video that just like took off like crazy um and yeah just got lucky dude honestly so that's so amazing well i wouldn't say lucky if the song didn't if people didn't resonate with it they would it wouldn't have done anything right i mean it would just been like whatever Exactly. I mean, there's probably 10 with the amount of people on TikTok, there's probably 50 million videos of people like messing with not messing with cops, but like doing something using a police officer that no one cares about, right? Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> so but I think 
what was cool is like he nailed it too. It's like what he thought it sounded like. And I was like, oh, wow, that was like actually like a really good take on like the song. I was like, let's go. <laughs> like a lot of people thought he was valid, you know? I was like, yeah. no. That's awesome. It was cool, man. That is so cool. I thought you were going to say something about fixing your light. Where you're like, yeah, I was dead broken. Then like the song took off and like I fixed my lights. Oh, bro, because <laughs> at the end of the bit, he was like, "Hey, go like buy the song or whatever," because this guy needs his tail light fixed or whatever. Oh, and that's I, funny. And I was like so nervous. Still, I was like, oh, "Oh my god, I can't believe I got away with that." Uh, um, yeah, that was hilarious. That is super funny, man. Well, um, I, I love that song. I love what you're doing. All, all the other ones that you have out. Real quick, when you have a thing on your Instagram, this is text me. And, it's, and what I saw was a 615 number. I'm like, whoa, like this is like, he does live around here. Like, how legit is that? Like, uh, how do you manage that? So it basically, that's just like my community number of, um, I just, you know, have like fans or whoever wants to keep up with this, you know, just text that number. And then, mm-hmm. you know, extra special content whether it be certain photos we did or like an update if i'm like on the road or i want to send them like a snippet of a song that's about to come out or something that i'm teasing and so it's like a really good way for me to just get connected with everybody and just like have some cool like genuine conversations like one of the things we did on tour was for that number um i was able to text specific regions that i was in and so like for example we were in like grand rapids for a show mm-hmm. and i was like Yo, like if you're in Grand Rapids, you're coming to the show, text me and bring your ID. Cause if you do, I got a present for you. And so everybody that was 21 that came, like we just got them a free shot on the house. And so oh, I, that's rad. Yeah. And so it's like cool little special stuff like that, that like, you know, I couldn't do for everybody. But like if you're part of that community group, then uh, we just like get to do some like cool special perks and like I get to keep them updated. So it's, it's kind of nice. It's like a mini club. So it's, that's it's so cool. That is so yeah. cool. With with the tour, when were you able to tour? And you've got a lot of uh, big festival shows, right? You've done a lot yeah. of big festival shows and have so, some a lot coming up. So when when did this tour take place? So this was my first tour ever. Um, it happened. Uh, it was like late January um, of this year. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so last like last month, you like pretty much just got off of it. Oh yeah, bro. I'm like, I'm like fresh off of this man. So I'm like still brand new to the game and like, I, I love, love this. That. And so this is a really cool full circle moment, but, um, I'm a huge metal head. Like I grew up like such a scene kid and like, I loved like hard rock and just like metal music. And so one of the first bands I ever listened to was called attack attack. Mm-hmm. And, um, so their their singer Johnny Frank has a solo project now called Bill Murray, and so that was who we went That's on. That's rad. I didn't know that. Yeah, bro. And so he uh, he ended up hitting me up because he found me on TikTok, and he's uh, friends with my drummer Josh. And so he's like, "Dude, you like want to go on tour with us?" And I was like, "Oh my god, dude! I'd like love nothing more because he's like a childhood hero of mine, you know." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was very fortunate enough to be able to go on that little small leg with him. And uh, we just did. We just played four shows, four days in a row, um, and it was the most fun I've ever had in my life, dude. Being in a shitty Sprinter van with all the boys, and you know everybody smells. We're eating Skyline chili when we're in Cincinnati, and just eating you know junk food, and uh, it was such a fun experience. And their crew is absolutely amazing. So 
great vibes. That's so cool, man. And then you're playing some, I mean, the you're playing with Vampire Weekend and like just some of the names on their churches, Lord Huron, Bastille. And then I saw you got a killer show and your Black Bear and Simple Plan, like just like these massive things. Like that, that's all must be pretty new, right? I mean, I couldn't imagine like how that, like getting these festivals, like what is that like? Dude, it's, it blows my mind, man. Like things have moved a lot quicker than I expected them to. And it's been very, it's been a really humbling experience, but it's also been like motivation. Um, Cause it's just like, you know, it's surreal. I, I grew up listening to these bands my whole life. And now, you know, I get the chance to be playing alongside of them. And like, I don't know, in a way I, I was kind of struggling with it at first. Cause it was like, damn dude, like, do I deserve to like, be with these guys and then you know i had just felt like a, a lot of times in my life when i was starting with these bands like nobody was just giving a shit about me or my music and then all of a sudden videos start taking off and i just have worked harder than i ever have in my life to you know get where i where i'm at and uh now it's just like exciting man it's like you know they're not these crazy like idols anymore i mean obviously they are idols like to me but like right you know, they potentially get to be my friends and like, you know, people I collab with. And so I'm just like, so thankful for it. And it's like the most exciting thing in the world that like all these bands I used to look up to, it's like, yo, now I get to share a stage with them and, you know, hopefully meet them. And yeah, it's, it's like so dope, dude. That's so cool, man. Well, I, obviously you've been working your ass at it for a very long time. Like it, there's nothing to be said like, Oh yeah, there's just some overnight success. Like obviously you've been doing this for a very long time. So that's so amazing that you're able to really, you know, like you said, share a stage with some of your people you've looked up to for your entire life. I, that's amazing, man. Yeah, dude. It, it really is cool, man. Cause like, you know, like once, I, I kind of learned like it's almost like everybody kind of knows each other once you've kind of gotten established in the industry. And it's like, Oh my God, like, you know, five years ago, that would have felt like never could have happened in a million years. But like now it's like reality. And I'm like, dude, what is going on right now? And, like the inner kid in me is just like so excited and stoked. And so uh, there's nothing in this world I love more than performing live. And I like take it so seriously and like, it is the one thing I just absolutely love to do. Um, and so it's just like, I'm just so excited to do it, man. Amazing dude. Well, thank you so much John, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Super Real quick. I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. Let me think about this one for two seconds. Advice I would give is dude don't be afraid to fail like it's so easy to get really discouraged and feel like you can't do something and like when you do fail it's like it's really kind of sad in the moment but if you are just trying you're getting better and everybody that's at the level that you look up to was at your level at one point and they had to go through trial and error and they had to figure it out and if you're just trying, like, that's the best thing you can do. Uh, and then I guess another piece of advice I would give is a lot of artists, I feel like, and th this is coming from experience for me, we're trying to do a lot of stuff by themselves all the time, you know, and they feel like they have to take on everything. But find people that really believe in you and that believe in the music and the project 
and start building your team because nothing is more important than a team. Like you see people like, you know, Drake or like Sean Mendez. And yes, they're incredible. They're super talented people, but it's because they have teams behind them that believe in them. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't just always do it on your own, you know? So that, that's what I'd say. It's like, don't be afraid to fail and build your team because it is really a team sport, you know? 